0: don't care how much you know your horse like you can only prepare your horse for so much and you do take that level of risk when you do go out on a trail for sure you do take that level of risk but you shouldn't have to also put in somebody else's irresponsibility into that level of risk like everyone should be responsible
1: welcome to the horsewoman project A podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Good morning.
0: How are you? I'm good. You have to tell everybody about Kevin.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So we just barely bought a mini mule. And he is so cute. Like, I don't think he breaks 30 inches. Like, he is <laughs> tiny. I need to measure him. <laughs> he is so tiny. And he's so adorable. But he... Uh... <laughs> the the ad description for Kevin was pretty interesting. They're like, he puts the ass in jackass, and he just has a lot of attitude in a little tiny body. And <laughs> like, all this stuff. And I'm like... Oh, he's so cute and he needs to come to me where he cannot be treated <laughs> like a little ass and like be treated like like he should be treated. <laughs> so, but when I got him, I because my kids are gonna be working with him, I didn't want anything mean. So I'm like, okay, like, what do you mean when you say Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's this way? I'm like, is he just like wants to run away from you and not be caught? Or is he like, will he come at you with his teeth, you know? And they're like, oh, no, no. Like we have kids too. And he's, he's great. He's just, um, standoffish and he likes to pretend he doesn't like people. And I'm like, horses don't pretend anything, but (laughs) okay. I, I, I'll, I'll I'll Mm. run with this, um, And so anyway, we haven't yet caught him. So he's been in a pen in between Hercules and then one of my client's horses. And uh, he is definitely very standoffish and tentative. So if you crouch down at his level and and hold your hand out, he'll come up and sniff you and stuff. But like if I reach my hand out towards him to pet him, he wants to Mm. leave and he's like mm-hmm. it's a trick like even me giving him treats he grabs the treat and then like moves away a couple of steps like you're going to try and catch me aren't you like <laughs> like he is expecting that treats have motives behind them of mm-hmm. you're doing this to catch me <laughs> and it's just so cute to see him realize that i'm i'm not going to do that like i'm i'm just offering him a treat to give him a treat you know and he doesn't have there's no motive behind it it's just mm-hmm. to be friends with him and um it's been fun because yesterday I went and just set a, a bucket out it so I could sit on it in his stall and I just hung out in his stall for a little bit and first he started sniffing my boots and then he started sniffing up my legs and, and then he started sniffing my sleeves and he actually got to where he sniffed my nose and I was like, <laughs> ah, but then like, you know, if I do too much or if I reach for him, he's like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not sure I can trust that yet. But yeah, he's so cute, so sweet. And he has, like, he hasn't kicked or tried to bite or anything like that. Um, so, like, that's good. Even, like, in the trailer ride when we went and untied him and everything, he just went right along and he knows how to lead, um, you know. So, so he, he and they've had harness equipment put on him before and, mm-hmm. and all of this. So he knows how to tolerate a lot, but we're trying to create the friendliness you know where he wants Mm -hmm. to come up to us and he wants to be caught so we're just taking it slow with him and having some fun with him he's so fun and he's so fluffy (laughs) he's so fluffy (laughs) like I just want to cuddle him so bad but I'm like (laughs) but I will respect you saying no you're not ready for that yet but oh I just want to squeeze you (laughs) like he's so adorable he
0: is he's so cute I can't wait to see your kids with him I think it's just awesome
1: well and they just I told him you can't just like run up to him and overwhelm him and I told him you know it's all about just teaching him to come to us right now and just teaching him that we're friendly so the kids have been very good about listening and not uh not getting in there and chasing him or like (laughs) undoing what I'm trying to do with him
0: (laughs) so Well, that's really good, because that would be hard. Me as a kid, I'd
1: be like, but mom. Yeah, and that's the She's like, but can I just go? Like, Can we hook the cart up to him? And I'm like, he's not ready for the cart yet, honey. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take a minute.
0: (laughs) Well, you got your project, I guess. (laughs)
1: Yep, and he came with his own little cart and all his harness equipment and everything. So yeah, I'm excited. I've never cart trained a horse, so that will be new. I've done ground driving a lot, so I know Mm -hmm. how to you know, kind of teach the driving skills, but as far as actually hooking a cart on and doing all the harnessing, uh, that is new. So it'll be fun. (laughs) That will be fun. But
0: he's like he's been trained to the cart,
1: right? Um, so the people that had him that we just got him from had him for three years and they said they did driving work with him and they harnessed him up and everything, but they never hooked him to the cart. But they're pretty sure that the people that had him before did hook the cart up. Oh. But it's been like three years if uh, you know like i said we're not 100 percent certain so that's why i'm like yeah we're not gonna like hook that just up hook yeah, this we're, up yeah no <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna create that mess so but yeah he should be pretty good so He's and good. they think he was ridden before they bought it too <clears throat> so oh, okay but it's like i said it's been three years they didn't write him they just kind of they got him for a project and Ended up not having the time for him, and so he just sat there and was a cute little pasture ornament most of the time. And then they would pull him out every once in a while to work with him and do the driving stuff. And so, yeah, okay, I mean, they took pretty good care of him as far as minis go. His feet look pretty good,
0: that's good, Uh,
1: yeah, because a lot of minis will get really overgrown feet because people will either won't like they don't care, um, or they just can't find a farrier that will do a mini because minis are difficult to do (laughs) Mm because they're so low to the ground Mm -hmm. so but yeah it was really I'm like yes they're a little bit long but overall they look like the lines on them are pretty even so he doesn't look like he's got he's had any big founder issues um because you can usually see that in the Mm -hmm. the growth lines in their hoof and I'm like yes you know he doesn't have anything that looks majorly uh concerning so (laughs) well
0: and then he's a mule too so their feet are a little bit different right yeah Because they they tend to grow, like, I feel like, more narrow and long.
1: Yeah, he is narrower. Versus a horse, yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, you need to come meet him, Michaela. He's so cute. Yes, I do. I know I'm jealous. I'm like, I want a mini mule. <laughs> <laughs> Every horse is an individual. I honestly think like with Comanche, he might benefit from shoes with how his feet are. Um, so if I could find a good farrier that I could afford around here, I would probably look at actually having somebody come and put shoes on him because like his back feet, he's, his heels are so underrun that he's got zero heel in his back feet. So I would love, like, it would be so awesome if I could have somebody help build that up with a shoe and put his foot in the right angle. And we've been able to help his heels quite a bit with the trimming that I've been doing, but I still, it makes me nervous, you know, like, and I'm not 100% confident with his feet just because his feet are so weird. <laughs>
1: um, well, and I think that has to do with his confirmation. You know, when you were sending me those pictures, his confirmation mm-hmm. is kind of wonky. Mm-hmm. um he's he's not the straightest legged horse. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> and, and so the problem with that though, that I do think shoes can help, especially with your crooked legged horses, is when your horse's legs are crooked like that, they are going to wear their feet crooked. Mm-hmm. And so if you can have a shoe that will prevent them from wearing too much on, on those angles, you know, when they're tipping inward or outward, um, so that they can grow where they need to grow and and Mm -hmm. gain a little bit where they need to gain some, instead of always having that be the first thing that wears out because of their, their legs and their confirmation. I definitely think you're right. That shoes could be a good fit for him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And honestly, like I, (laughs) <laughs> I am not somebody who loves to trim my horses. It is not a chore I love to do. I do not like it. I don't want to do it. But I also do it just because one, it's something I can afford. I can afford for me to go out there and just quickly do their feet. Um, but two, with me being such a foot snob <laughs> now <laughs> that I'm like, I, I will be very picky about who gets to trim my horse's feet. Um, but honestly, if I could find somebody who I trusted to trim correctly, like 100% trusted, um, then I would have no, like I would not oppose to putting shoes on both of them, honestly, if I just knew for sure that they were getting the trims that they needed. Um, my biggest thing though, is just the expansion and the impact Um, from from doing some of the research there. I just, I'm like, oh, but that is that is a lot of wear and tear you put on their ligaments and tendons when you do have a metal shoe on their foot and with as much miles as I'm hoping to put on Sandy. I'm like, ugh. I, you know, that's why, like, I'm still kind of thinking boots are probably going to be just what I have for her for forever. But with Comanche, yeah, if I could find somebody um, and especially at this point, it's hard for me to afford because around here, I really can't find anybody for less than about 120 to 170 a horse to put on shoes. And so it's like, that's just not something I can afford right now. So I'm making it work and it works because he's not in work <laughs> you know he really is my pasture pony he gets to just be my dog really <laughs> so he's your Kevin <laughs> he really is my Kevin <laughs> he gets your scratch once in a while I do need to get him out a little bit more because he is definitely the winter's catching up with my horses I don't know if you've noticed that but especially with him the last month he has just gotten really depressed <laughs> like you know he just Kind of mopes around and he doesn't eat as much and is like, he's starting to lose a little bit of weight. So I've been having to like supplement him with like senior feed yeah. and stuff to try to promote him eating a little bit more because he just is, he's gotten a little bit depressed. And so I need to. I need to get him out a little bit more. And now that I've ridden Sandy more, I feel more confident or more comfortable maybe ponying him. I didn't Mm. for the first little bit just because, um, he does great when, when he's loose, but sometimes when I pony him, he'll just get to that, like we'll be trotting. And then all of a sudden he'll just stop. And Mm. I just, it makes my, me nervous with my shoulders. (laughs) So I'm like, Mm. I can't have you pulling my shoulders out. So I need, but I do need to get him out a little bit more. Maybe he'll be my new running buddy because I've got to start running a little bit more and get ready for these races I'm doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll get him out. He
0: can be my running buddy.
1: (laughs) That would be fun. Have all the people be like, "Why are you walking your
0: horse?" (laughs) I, I guarantee you, I'm the crazy girl down the street because I'm, (laughs) I'm riding with my little, in my little English. Well, it's not English, but my little endurance saddle with my helmet, all my breeches and my high boots and then I've got my little dressage whip and then I'll get off and I'll run with Sandy too and people just kind of, "Oh, hi Michaela." I'm like, Hello. <laughs> and I'm like, I really Morning. got a lot of, I really got a lot of looks when I had her quarter sheet on her <laughs> the other day. People were stopping <laughs> and just kind of like looking at me funny. I'm like, I know. I'm setting my own standard. <laughs>
1: I'm the crazy horse lady down the road. It's yes, fine. It's fine. It's fine. At least you know my so, horses are loved. <laughs> yeah. So you just reminded me of a post that I saw. It reminded me because you let um Comanche run around
0: mm-hmm. and
1: when you go on rides. So I saw this post on Facebook, on this Utah Facebook page about horses. I saw the same one. Yep. The one with the donkey? Uh-huh. 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 So... Let's, for our listeners, the the post was, it was this girl who was saying her and her friend or sister um, Mm -hmm. were on a ride on Antelope Island and um, where there's, there's buffalo there and and other wildlife. And anyway, she said that someone had let their donkey just run loose Mm -hmm. uh, on the island. And, um, and so Anyway, this donkey came, like, running up to their horses and spooked their horses, and both the girls got dumped, and so this lady was just saying, you know, you really need to keep your horses on a lead line, like, you can't just Mm -hmm. turn your animals loose, it's just like turning a dog loose, you know, you have to be able to control your animal, and, but, holy cow, the comments.
0: I didn't even look at the comments, I didn't even bother.
1: (laughs) So a bunch of people are just tearing this girl apart that like, well, if your horse can't handle the unexpected, then you shouldn't be taking your horse on a trail. And what are you going to do <laughs> if a deer pops up? And what are of you going to do with this? And right? I'm like, because a deer is going to come running at me. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I actually kind of saw both sides to this. Mm-hmm. So on the one side, yes, if you are going on trails, you cannot predict yeah. everything. There's going to be unpredictable situations. And if your horse isn't prepared to handle them at least somewhat because I mean even with say Freya on the road when that Mm -hmm. um that vehicle came towards her yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and then she she did like whoa like what's happening but she she went in a circle ran you know 20 feet or I mean 20 yards but then she stopped realized she was fine you know she didn't she didn't rear she didn't go berserk um and so i feel like you do need to have a certain level of like knowing how your horse handles unpredictable Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: if your horse is going to be the type to throw you then you know you do need to know that about your horse and be okay with knowing that there there -hmm. could be something that because the buffalo have been known on antelope to to charge charge as well like so it's 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 not uncommon or unheard of for that to happen either so i do see that side of it of prepare your animal and prepare mm-hmm. yourself and if you don't feel comfortable with it it's not an arena setting mm-hmm. but on the flip side you should not be letting your animals run loose mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i mean with you you're in such a remote area mm-hmm. that i i mean am i wrong there because i haven't been there oh, but no, like there's no, you're no right. one else there right yeah. yeah yeah so it's that's different when you you know the the area and you know that you're not going to be bothering anyone mm-hmm. else Mm-hmm. But when you know that there are going to be multiple trail riders, multiple different groups of people, yeah, you know that your donkey is very forward and going to go charging up to people, that is completely irresponsible, in my yeah. opinion, to let your animal loose. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so, I mean, there's a little bit of truth to both sides of that, mm-hmm. but it just, some of the people and the way they said it, oh, it bothers me about the the online world of that people oh, just yeah. treat you rude oh you shouldn't there's blah, 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 blah. and it's like wow like you could maybe say it with a little more kindness like well but also I mean keyboard warriors
0: like they would never say oh, those yeah. kind of things to her face ever no. and yeah anyways that's kind of another thing that we can talk about in a second but no I 100% agree because I would never like as far as with Comanche running beside me one he's got pretty good recall like I can call his name and he comes Mm-hmm. So that's one, but two, whenever I let him off, it's only in like, there's a, there's one place in particular where I'm pretty comfortable because yeah, there's no one there. It's, it's BLM land. It is not like a favorite trail of anybody to go hiking on. It's not a hiking trail. It is literally just a cow trail mm-hmm. where, they're, where people let their cows out to feed. Um, I have, let's see, I wrote it almost every week last year. And I only came up to a person once and it was during hunting season and they were riding their four wheelers. Um, and that's the only reason, but also my anxiety. If I cause somebody to get dumped, Oh, I would feel so bad. (laughs) Like I would not be okay with that just personally. Um, so yes, I 100% agree. I would not. And that's why, like, that's why I'm not going down the road with him right now. Cause I'm not going to let him run loose in, in a place where there's going to be lots of cars or there's lots of traffic or there's people or there's places that he can go. And I'm the same with my dogs. Like the only times I let them run loose is when I'm in places like that, where they literally cannot get into any trouble. You know, (laughs) like there's, there's nothing for them to get into trouble with. And I'm going fast enough on my horses that they're, that they're more caught up in trying to keep up with me than they are you know messing around with things um so i i agree i think you need to know where you're at and if there's going to be people there like antelope island there are hikers there are tourists there are riders everywhere it is very dangerous for you to have a loose horse or a loose animal on that island especially if you do not have 100 control and you just they're animals too like i don't care how well trained you are like yes comanche comes to his name But that doesn't mean I would trust him to come at it if he was really excited, you know, like, so you also need to know your animal
1: a little bit better, too. And just, yeah, yeah, I'd be
0: smart about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and be considerate of other people, like you're not the only one out there, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not that hard to be considerate of other people when you're on public land. Mm -hmm. Um, So and then also, you know, that consideration goes into like we were talking about the keyboard warriors, Be considerate that there's a human on the other end of what you're typing yeah (laughs) and yeah (laughs) you don't always have to type something either sometimes you can just keep scrolling um -hmm. but yeah i just found that post very interesting
0: (laughs) yeah well just from multiple angles right um Mm -hmm. but granted honestly how many horses have really seen a donkey yeah (laughs) not very many horses like honestly Mm -hmm. I don't think my like I don't think Sandy would tolerate a donkey running up to her like that either even though she's a pretty darn solid horse I don't think she's ever seen a donkey before like I really don't like I'm trying to think like if she's at all I'm like I don't I've never taken her anywhere where someone's had a donkey so she could legit freak out about a donkey running up to her because it's like, she doesn't know if this donkey has teeth or like, or what it's doing, right? It's this big-eared thing that's probably screaming the yeah. entire time that it's running up to her, you all know? Right. So even just from that other aspect of, like, know your horse, it's like, yeah. My horse wouldn't tolerate a big dog running at her either, you yeah. know? Even though yeah. she's around dogs all the time because she rides with my dogs 24-7 still Mm -hmm. if if there was a dog running at her no I mean like she would defend herself too your dog's gonna get kicked in the face like yeah (laughs) you know so like all of those arguments too I'm like yeah I don't care how much you know your horse like you can only prepare your horse for so much and -hmm. you do take that level of risk when you do go out on a trail for sure you do take that level of risk but you shouldn't have to also put in somebody else's irresponsibility into that level of risk like everyone should be responsible <laughs> for yeah. for what they're bringing out so
1: well and then most wildlife on trails that you're going to come up against they're going to run away from you mm-hmm. you know like jackrabbits or deer or elk or you know unless they are trying to protect their calf or something mm-hmm. like that they're they're gonna pop and then they're gonna go away you know and that and that's how like it would surprise my horse but then she'd be like oh okay they're they're moving away exactly Uh, but if it's like if an elk started running towards her
0: (laughs) yeah like she's a prey animal too
1: guys like of course she's gonna take
0: off yeah exactly well and like that's actually a concern I've got um (laughs) oh gosh can we this is kind of like tells you kind of like where we live a little bit but um so we live pretty close to like a big ski resort town where it's people's like third fourth homes and and whatnot uh but they're up in the mountains and so they get a lot of wildlife down there um and there was a couple of moose up in this town that had been starting to charge people and actually ran over a lady and so of course fish and game come and they take care of the moose you know what they did to take care of moose they dropped it off about two miles up the road from me (laughs) And said, it's okay, guys. We took care of it. It's out like in the middle of nowhere. So these moose have been coming down and getting on like my neighbor's porch and charging them and like all of this stuff. So I'm like, stupid moose. I don't like moose if you guys, you know, can't get that because moose (laughs) is mean. But I'm like, of course, like literally like the road that I ride Sandy on, they just dropped them off at the end of that road. Like just where they finished plowing that road. That's where they dropped the moose off at so now i'm like (laughs) that's part of what i'm thinking of as i'm like doing my rides i'm like are these stupid moose gonna come out of nowhere and charge me down this road
1: (laughs) be ready to run zambi oh seriously because i mean like literally they're just
0: like you can just see them they're just wandering around like as you're driving like just five five feet away from your car i'm like great now i have to worry about these moose who have they're up here because they have attacked people
1: because they are very confrontational (laughs) yeah like and I just love how they're like oh these people can take care of it
0: or what I'm like you're like thanks for taking them so far away I just (laughs) I appreciate that level of concern you have for these houses here
1: oh man (laughs) so I kind of want to carry on with this theme a little bit here of like trail Mm -hmm. considerations trail prep what do you think let's do it Okay. You know me,
0: I love trails, so.
1: I know. Well, it's like, I'm kind of enjoying talking about it because that's what I want to do with Freya this year. You know? I'm so excited. Like, you are getting into barefoot. You
0: ordered two boots. Food <laughs> You're going to start trail riding. I'm like, why were not you at this point two years ago, Camry?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't there yet, but you planted a seed. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've got you all woo-woo. I know, Michaela. That's You've fun. been such a good influence.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just turning you into being weird, like I am.
1: Now you'll well, be. You'll be were, the. The signs
0: were already there. I was already weird. <laughs> I couldn't have planted anything that wasn't already there. <laughs> Poor Larry. He's probably like, "Would you stop talking to that Michaela person? You're turning into weird." <laughs> No, he's already
1: accepted my level of crazy. It's fine. It's, it's awesome.
0: But yes. What what else did you want to discuss as far as trails go?
1: Um, so I feel like on trails there are certain like unspoken rules to trail riding. Like kind of when we talked last year when we were on the mm-hmm. the trail at the retreat. Um that some people were didn't really think about the The trail etiquette and and Mm -hmm. things like that um so like the one big thing was when i was on hickory and i was the last horse and so i was holding the gate for everyone and Mm -hmm. then i went to close the gate but then everyone had just kept going (laughs) yeah and so hickory was sitting here like freaking out but, like I'm, but, oh everyone's leaving and I need to go catch up which is normal for mm-hmm. you know they're herd animals yeah. yeah and so I feel like that's maybe the first thing to talk about is you know if someone's going to be considerate enough to hold a gate open for you on a trail those gates need to be shut because mm-hmm. they are holding in you know whatever <laughs> cows that are on the range or sheep that are on mm-hmm. the range or whatever else they might have in there um so you have to shut the gates that's the first thing um if you open a gate, shut the gate. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, like if if you're in a group of, of horseback riders and, and one person is, is doing the gate for you, you need to be considerate and wait for them, um, mm-hmm. wait for them to shut that gate so that their horse can quietly stand there. And because he was, Hickory was four at the mm-hmm. time and he'd only been on maybe at most, like eight trail rides I think at that point in his life Mm -hmm. so he he was pretty green um and he was yeah he he definitely did not like the fact that everyone else left and it was nice that you stayed so he did at least have one horse um but yeah it's good to consider the other riders in your group and Mm -hmm. what what their horse needs and and um especially where we were with a group of several people that had same as me the same as hickory you know their horses had had few if any trail rides ever and so um yeah it was one thing that i didn't even think that we should go over trail etiquette because mm-hmm. you just assume that people have been on trails and that they know but they don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> if they haven't been on a trail people don't know what what mm-hmm. normal etiquette is so i think yeah. it's a good topic to to let people know kind oh, of what sure. is the standard on the trail so
0: for sure well and I agree because that that's something you and I talked about It's was like okay next year we need to have yeah. like a trail meeting before the trail yeah. rides because I am one too that I get a little bit stressed out when that happens because with me like I've guided a lot of trail rides like that's part of what I did for my business and so it was just a very like okay guys here's the rules of the trail and everything but I I'm a very structured person (laughs) and I'm also a person when I feel like we're in charge of the trail, I do feel responsible for the people on the trail as well. Um, But I agree. Sometimes you just don't think about it. Right. Cause it's like, Oh, we like for me, when I guided trail rides, most of the time I was taking people who like really didn't ride right it's not like they were going on their own horses they were going on my horses so it was just very natural for me to be like yep this is how we do it this is the line of where I want your horses like I would have a specific lineup you know for horses that liked each other horses that didn't or a horse that you know we needed to be a little bit more watchful if we put in the middle you know so I had a lot more control over it when I guided trail rides but in that situation it's like well we had a bunch of ladies who all had their own horses and all had their different levels of experience. And it's hard to know like where everyone's levels at. And it's, yeah, it's just something you don't think of. But even in that same scenario, it's like there was a couple of water crossings and some horses that really had never crossed water before and we'd get to a water. And then, you know, I was, I think I was ending it at one point with another gal. And so, And her, her particular horse was just really struggling because he was out of shape and it was a pretty hard trail, right? He was also older too. So he was needing to go a little bit slower. So I was riding with her and then we get to the, to a water stop and everyone else had stopped and taken drinks and then just gone. And so by the time we got to where we could drink, our two horses were both too upset because everyone had left to even try to drink water. So that's, that's another thing is you need to stop at the water and make sure your whole group comes and make sure All the horses have a chance to drink if they want to drink, Um, especially when you're on longer trail rides or you've got horses that are struggling or older or, you know, they they need that time to relax, too, in the group and to be able to just see the environment and have that time to get their needs met. Um, Another one, too, is just right of way, knowing the right of way when you got horses 100 percent have the right of way. Doesn't matter if you're on foot or if you're on a bike or you're on a motorcycle or on a car. Horses are the top of the tier. They always have the right of way. That is a big one that I feel like I'm, I don't know. I'm like, I feel like there needs to be like a national news alert, (laughs) (laughs) especially in Utah County, because as Utah County's blown up, that's where I used to do all my trail rides. And it got to where I couldn't, I did not feel safe enough to guide trail rides anymore because there were so many hikers and bikers who were stupid super Mm -hmm. stupid. Like one time I was taking a colt out for, for a client and this was like his maybe third trail ride ever. Right. And so I'm taking him out and all of a sudden I look behind me and there's this biker within just a foot behind my horse. I had not heard him. My colt hadn't heard him. He didn't like call out or say anything or make any kind of noise. (laughs) So I could know that he was behind me. And then he was so close that I was like, okay, how do I make my horse aware of him without making him scared of him? Because I'm like, you're going to get kicked, dude. So I ended up having to move my horse off the trail in such a way that like we were kind of up halfway on a hill to let this guy go past me. But if that's not the way, like if you are on a bike and it's like that, and it's a narrow trail, you need to wait at the bottom of the trail and wait for the horses to get through. The trail, like, do not sneak up on the back of horses. Do not come down and just race past horses either. You need to give the horses the right of the way 100% of the time because you are taking somebody's life into your hands and it could be yours too.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's a big thing down here. So we are known as like trail country down here in Sevier County. And there are, I think it's over 300 miles of ATV trails down here. I mean, just tons and tons and tons of ATV trails. And you know, my horses are used to ATVs and it's they see them all the time coming past our road. and we have two four wheelers and we pull like the the roping dummy with them and things. And so my horses are well versed with um uh, with ATVs. Um, but it is extremely frustrating to me when ATVs think that they rule the mountains so there will be trails that are specifically horse-only trails like only equestrian trails and i remember one time going up to go for a ride and we went to go on this equestrian trail and it had a sign with a post that said equestrian only no motor vehicles it was flattened into the ground with atv tracks over it i was pissed (laughs) okay you guys have over 300 miles of atv trails specific to you there are very limited equine only trails leave them alone mm-hmm. let the horses have somewhere to go where they don't have to worry about uh, even a even a, a mountain biker not even just atvs but like these mountain bikers they cruise coming back down the mountain mm-hmm. and there have been times that these these bicyclists come down and they have to like, and like they almost tip over because they're coming too fast and my horse is right there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you can't stop in time to not slam into somebody, you're going too way too fast. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it is crazy to me how people just don't even think that, cause even if I wasn't on horseback, like even if I had just been on foot, they, they could have hit into me as a hiker, let alone a horseback rider, you know? And so yeah just be considerate that you're again you're not the only one out there on the mm-hmm. trail you know there's there's other people there's other hikers there's other equestrians um there's other bikers you know if someone's biking up yeah there's there's a lot of people out there these days so be yeah, aware
0: 100%. <laughs> well and it's just like educate yourself if you're going to be out on a trail you just you need to know whether you're hiking whether you're biking whether you're atv whether you're riding. Do a little bit of education, figure out okay, if I come up on this, what is the thing to do? Mm. <laughs> Especially in those bigger areas. And when seriously, when I lived in Utah County and was first like doing my riding lessons and stuff up there and and riding on the trails up there, there was no one up there. And then it was about time COVID hit where all of a sudden there was hundreds of people I would pass on these trails that used to be barren, like literally I would never pass a single person. And then all of a sudden there, there are bikers racing past me. And there was one time this guy had passed a couple of times and, and he was on a bike and I was on a horse that was obviously struggling with this bike. I mean, he was rearing, he was backing up, he was snorting, he was trying to get away from me. And the guy did not even slow down. He kept coming at me. Like, I'm like, what in this situation can you not tell that my horse is struggling here and that maybe you should stop and wait for me to tell you what to do so I don't die and you don't die. I'm like, the trail is not big enough for the both of us here. And I actually had to yell at him and say, you need to stop. And so then he did after I yelled at him and then I was able to get my horse passed in a safe manner, but he was pretty like, kind of rolled his eyes at me and was, and I'm like, dude, if my horse really freaked out, and you kept coming and I didn't let him run away the other chance he's got is to kick you like you know I'm like that's that's my horse's other option I'm like I'm looking out for you and my safety here and it can be really like really really stressful as an equestrian riding that because like you are literally looking out for everybody's safety not just your own because again, it's like, my horse can hurt you too. So if you as a hiker sneak up behind my horse, like I had a hiker do that to me once too. I'm like, girl, if I can't hear you, my horse probably can't hear you either. So you need to like, at least speak loud enough (laughs) or just say, Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm behind you, but you're good to keep going. I'll keep my distance. Like it's all you need to do, but enough to alert the people on the horses that you're there for one. Cause I turn around, there's this girl. I'm like, if my horse gets startled by you, he will kick you. Horses kick. <laughs> like, let's just be a little bit smart here. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. yeah, I can rant about this for forever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and one thing I, I want to point out here, too, is there is a lot going around right now about, you know, you do you and, and self-care and taking care of yourself, which I 100% think, you know, you you can't let yourself fall by the wayside and just take care of everybody else and never take care of yourself. Like, yes, you do need to have a certain amount of self-care and, and caring for your own welfare. Not to the point of like you were saying with that guy where it's like, you know, he was rolling his eyes at you that you were asking him to be considerate, you know? And so I feel like it has almost gotten too far to the point where people only care about themselves and they don't care about others. There's so much like, but I need to do me and I need to care about me and I need to care about me, 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 that they have stopped caring about being considerate for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, So I feel like we need to balance that out a little bit and say like, yes, you know, do you, but at the same time, when you're on public land, when you're in a space where there's other people and other things happening, you should be, I mean, it's just a a, a human kindness to, be considerate of other people that are sharing the same space as you. Um, so I feel like that's <laughs> it needs to be a little bit balanced that way of like, yes, care about others too, not not just yourself. So
0: that's really interesting because I never thought about it being like, oh maybe that's the problem.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't like, know, maybe like, I'm, maybe I'm so seeing it wrong. Like call me well, out if I'm
0: No, <laughs> no, but like I think you're right. Well, and honestly, Because again, I, it was never this bad until COVID hit that I noticed that where, like, I seriously had to stop taking people on trail rides because I did not feel safe enough to take people out because people were being stupid. And it really, that wasn't the case until 2020 hit. Um, And it's just everyone needed out. Everyone was cooped up. And I think, I think a lot of it too with that, like it's, it, I don't even think it was necessarily the, the self-care aspect of it as much as it was, everyone was pent up and there was just a lot of beginners all at once. Like I, you know, I do, I think that that bicyclist really understood how much danger he was putting me and him in. No, I don't, you no. know, if, if he really did, he wouldn't have done it. Right. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing is it's just, you just got so many people all of a sudden who knew nothing, who are just doing everything to just get out of the house and to just be. And I think it's just more that than it is like, than it is that just them being selfish. I think they just don't know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I actually, there's a lot of uneducated people that don't know what even hiking trail etiquette is, let alone equestrian trail etiquette. So
0: exactly. And i I met with um, the ranch that I did lessons with and stuff. They had a guy come in that they were, they were looking at making like certain trails, like actual trails and different things because so many people were using them. Um, And that was one thing that I was brought up. I was like, you know, there needs to be more education. Like, how could you, cause like he's putting up all these different signs to mark trails and stuff. I'm like, can you put in like just the tier that you see on some trails where, where it has the horses on the top of the tier then it's bicycles Then it's hikers that, you know, then it's cars or whatever. I'm like, can you just put those up? Cause I'm like, there's such a lack of education here. And he just, I like, it was totally kind of looked at me like, Oh, you're cute. And then (laughs) I moved on. I'm like, well, but I'm like, seriously, because I feel like a lot of the problem is just the lack of education. Just no one really knows. And unless you have been taught, like, how are you supposed to know? yeah because you wouldn't I mean for somebody who's never hiked before in their lives like they're not going to google how to hike like who does that because it's walking (laughs) right like they're, they're just gonna go hike so somebody who's never hiked before in their life and they come up on a horse they're not gonna know like whether or not to stop and sometimes like I feel like we do take it for granted sometimes when um Cause I am somebody who's always going to give somebody else the right of way. That's just my nature, <laughs> you know? And so even, even if I didn't know the rules, I would always step off the trail and let somebody go by, but sometimes that's not everybody's nature and they just need to be educated in that, that like, look, you know, horses have the right of way because they can hurt you or hurt the person that's on top of them. So always give them space, bikers and, and ATVs, you always give the, the hiker space and you know, it's Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and even if you think of people that have never been around horses, because a lot of hikers, if they're not always, but if they're hiking, it's because they don't have a horse, right? So they Mm -hmm. they haven't been raised around horses. They don't know horse safety things. And so if you think of a non-equestrians equine experience at like, say, state fairs or county fairs, most of these horses and livestock are so overhandled. You know, like all the show steers and the show um, sheep, they're all so gentle and they have like the petting zoos where you just get to go right in and none of the animals kick and they're all so friendly and, and, um, and, and pony rides that you put your kids on where they're on the walkers and these ponies can just like have people walking in and out and around them and all over the place. So from that perspective, you know, this girl that came up behind you on, um, was it Sandy and, or no, it wasn't Sandy on a, on a different horse um she probably just didn't even think about the fact that, oh, horses can kick because they've never seen one kick. They just see that horses can allow people here, there and everywhere and that they don't do those things. And so, yeah, again, it's kind of that whole education thing. They just, they don't know because they haven't experienced it. Um, And so I think that is our job too, to communicate, you know, if there is someone out in front of us that's not listening. It's like you said you you told him you said no, you need to stop. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you have to communicate that because not everyone is going to know. Ideally, you know, it would be great if there was like this course you had to sit through at the beginning of the trail that everyone <laughs> <I know>. like <laughs> like you, you must have... pass this off before <laughs> you enter. But the reality of the situation is not everyone out there is prepared or knows everything about it. So the best thing you can do is just communicate and say hey I need you to stop while I pass and then you can carry on or hey wait just a second I will I will come off over here and then and then you can pass me or you know just Mm -hmm. that communication with knowing that not everyone knows what they need to do (laughs) I've done that actually on the road before out here by my house is if I see a vehicle coming and they're not slowing down I just hold up my hand and, and ask them to either stop or slow down, whatever they interpret this as. <laughs> right. And I'm like, no, like slow down. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And like I said, I just, I really do think it's lack of education because I don't think people are so inherently selfish that they are knowingly <laughs> putting you in danger or knowingly doing something that could get you hurt. I just, I just don't think they realize, you know, like, yeah. I just don't. Um, But Even within that, so, like, if we talk about, so we've talked about, like, waiting for people at the gate. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, that is very basic. Because, again, with, like, in Camry's situation, Hickory was kind of having a moment, you know? (laughs) Yeah, he was like, wait for me! (laughs) And if he, like, and if I hadn't stayed back, he would have had even more of a moment. Mm -hmm. But even, even with just the two of us there... It was still very stressful. And it was stressful for Sandy too. It was stressful mm-hmm. for her to have to be held back and stay with Hickory, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. But
0: especially with that particular trail, because the trails that we were on are not beginner trails. They are not yeah. like, they're beautiful. <laughs> but like the first night we went on them, I'm like, so wait, what level are all these? <laughs> cause I'm like, this is not a beginner trail. Um, But cause I'm like this, this gate was on the top of a pretty darn steep hill that was very narrow, you know? So if Hickory had had more of a freak out, you could have seriously gotten hurt. Even if you'd stayed Mm -hmm. on the ground with him and just walked him down, it would have put you in a situation to really easily have gotten hurt. I mean, luckily you've done Mm -hmm. enough work with Hickory that even if he has his moments, he does, he's pretty solid. But somebody else, you know, you just pick anybody and they could have had a real, real big issue with that. So stay at the gate. At water crossings, make sure all the horses have a chance to walk and make sure sh- or drink and then make sure that they all are okay with crossing water too mm-hmm. before you move on. Because a horse that is scared of crossing water, if you move on and he's the last one to cross the water, well he'll cross mm-hmm. the water, but it's not gonna be in a safe manner and it's not gonna be in a manner where that horse learns that he doesn't have to be scared of water either. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What what's another one that you feel like we we miss often?
1: Horses um, have the right of way. <laughs> I feel like giving space when you're behind another horse. Um, don't let your horse come and put their chest up against the horse in front of them's butt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one thing that we did. Um a couple of the riders had some anxious horses, right? That were like, I need to be up and like have my nose right on top of this other horse's butt. And and um Hickory was very gracious and kind of allowed this horse to try and figure that out. Um but at one point he did finally tire of that and he, he kicked the horse in the chest mm-hmm. because he was just like, I've had enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you are not listening and like staying back. Like you need to stay mm-hmm. back. Um, And so I think definitely if your horse can't come back behind another horse, then if you can, you like these trails, it was hard to do something like this of like, take your horse out and, and circle them. Yeah. One of the trails we were able to do that on, but the others were just too, too dense, um, with trees and things to do that. Um, but even, you know, if you need to get off your horse and lead your horse and, and, and help keep them where they need to be on the trail. Um, because I, I, I don't think that's a very safe thing to be letting your horse crowd another horse like that. So,
0: yeah, I, I agree with that too. Cause not only is it, unsafe cuz you're going to end up getting kicked at some point but it's just it's really frustrating for the person on the other horse too because it's like for me cuz i had very similar situation sandy will tolerate something if i tell her to tolerate it you know <laughs> but like <laughs> yep. but at the same time i'm like i'm really sorry that i'm telling you to tolerate this because you really shouldn't have to tolerate this you know but it can be really stressful for me as well uh, or for the person riding as well especially when you you don't have the ability to just step off and be like look go ahead of me um but yeah it puts it puts both horses in a dangerous position because you know and and too like if you have a horse that's maybe a little bit more studdish too that's very dangerous to continue to allow as well because there are some horses that will still mount other horses and so to allow them to push up into that situation that that really is going to get both of you hurt um very quickly so yeah, I yeah 100% agree with that
1: too. Well, and that horse was kind of tricky, um, because we kind of played with okay, as it does he do better in front? Does he do better in the back? Mm-hmm. Which horse does he do better with? And so we, we kept kind of trying to re replace where we put this horse in in the group to try and help him as best we can. And that's another thing that I think if especially if you're in a big group, if there's a horse struggling. Whether it be, you know, like they're just a green horse or they, they're they a really experienced horse in the arena, but they, you know, trails mm-hmm. are new for them or things like that. um, Talk to the rider and say, hey, you know, what can we do to help your horse? Would, would you know, would this be better? Could we do it this way? Or do we need to just stop and take a breather? Because I know that was one thing we did quite a bit at the retreat as well was mm-hmm. we would all just stop as a group and just take in the scenery, let all the horses breathe and let them all like just hang out for a little bit before we carried on. Um, so, you know, look at the horses in your group and the people in your group. And if anyone needs help with something, you know, work together and help each other out because everyone's just there to try and have a a good time and teach their Mm -hmm. horses how to handle the situation. And so that the horse and the human can enjoy the trail. So if we can, a lot of times horses can, can help each other out in a group setting. Um, so knowing, knowing your horse and, and, And what their strengths are and, and how one horse can help another horse, Mm -hmm. uh, I think is kind of a fun thing to play with. I like that just as a, from a training standpoint of like, Mm -hmm. what can we play with that's going to help everybody, you know, (laughs) help the whole group succeed. So. Yeah.
0: Well, and I agree. And too, it doesn't, like, your horse doesn't even have to be an experience to act that way, either. Um, Because, mm-hmm. gosh, Comanche, when we get into a big group, like, he's the only time, he really, he's been ridden, like, I think he's been ridden in an arena maybe five times, you know, <laughs> out of all of his rides. because Um, he, That's just what he, what we use him for, and what he's always been used for, is just to go on a trail and to explore. So, he's a pretty darn solid trail horse, to be honest, even though he's, he's still fairly green, he handles trails quite well. But, by gosh we went on a ride one time with 20 other riders and he flipped his lid you know it didn't, and even though like he is a very solid trail horse he he took off he was he was prancing he was doing all sorts of things sandy was struggling she reared a couple of times i had to take her into a field that was next to the horses and just kind of allow her to throw a little hissy fit for a second when horses get together with big groups it happens. doesn't matter how much experience you have. If they're not used to being in big groups like that and having the complexities of big groups, your horses are going to freak out, even if they have all the experience in the world. It's just part of being in a big group. And there's, like Camry said, there's a couple of things, like just one, if if you're somebody who sees that happening, it's almost better for you to be the one to reach out because I've been in the situation where my horse is doing that. And I guarantee you, I'm sitting there fuming, like, I'm not, you know, I'm, and I'm embarrassed because my horse is acting this way. The last thing I'm going to really want to do is be like, Hey, can you help me? Like, can you just like hang out with me? Or, you know, because I'm sitting there going, my horse should be behaving like Sandy and Comanche have both like been on hundreds of miles of trails. Like, why are they acting this way? So if you can be that person for for somebody who's on a horse like that, I think that would be very powerful. Um, but also if your horse is acting that way, take your group and say, Hey, look, can we just split off for a second like maybe two of you stay back with us let the big group go for a minute so our horses can chill out and then when we get into the group they'll have they'll have been chilled out a little bit by being on the trail and then they can be stupid without you worrying about the whole group because that's that's part of the issue too is when my horses freak out like that i'm not i'm not just thinking about my horse freaking out i'm also thinking okay am i going to run into anybody is there anyone behind me that can get hurt if something happens like there's, there's the big complexities of that that cause a lot of it. So if you can, or feel comfortable just saying like, Hey, we're just going to come, we'll be about five minutes behind you. You guys go ahead. We're going to let our horses chill out so we can work on this behavior. And then we'll meet up with you is, is a good one too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I guess the, the final thing that I'm thinking of would be like dog etiquette. Because mm-hmm. as we talked about in our uh, episode with <laughs> Danielle Peterson, most horsewomen own dogs, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, so Michaela, what is, what do you feel like etiquette is for dogs on the trails? Because you're a lot more trail experienced than I am. Yeah.
0: If your dog doesn't have recall and you're going somewhere where there's going to be a lot of riders, don't take your dog. Yeah. That's, I think that's just needs to be a hard and fast rule. Um, yeah. Cause like I said, I mean, even though my horses are around dogs all the time, because I'm always riding with my dogs, that doesn't mean they're going to be okay with your dog running up to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, they don't know your dog. <laughs> I don't know your dog. Yeah. <laughs> so if your dog does not have hundred percent recall, And you're, you cannot have them loose. So I know Camry mentioned one time too, and I can't remember if it was an episode or you and I talking, but just like even having one of the extendable leashes on your dog might be an option Mm -hmm. if your dog doesn't have really good recall. Um, Like for me, my dogs don't have good enough recall for me to feel confident taking them into a place where we're going to come up with other riders. I feel confident in like, if they're, if it's in my group of people, I feel confident with having them there, but if I were to be somewhere where I know there's going to be a lot of ATVs or a lot of hikers or anything, I honestly wouldn't take my dogs just because I'm I'm not confident enough in their recall. Like they've got okay recall, but they also get really excited. <laughs> you know, they they really like people and they really like other things and they and they're a little scared of horses, but who knows? Like maybe they would be be happy enough to go say hi to you and and not listen um so i i don't take my dogs if i think that there might be a chance that will come up with other things um i think that honestly should just be the all around rule (laughs) if you know for sure that there's going to be other riders just don't take your dogs if they're not like 100 solid
1: yeah i agree so (laughs) my dog bongo that i used to have he's a he was a border collie healer mix and um We got him when I lived in Virginia. And so we lived on a 300 acre ranch there. So we had it to ourselves, you know, so we knew we weren't going to come across other people, but he was very anxious around horses when we got him. Like he would just like run back and forth past, like, like if, if I was riding in the arena, he would be running circles around the arena and just like so excited and, and, and anxious and just going, going, going. And, and, So anyway, we worked with him on quite a few things, but one of the things I worked with him with was using a retractable leash while taking him on trails because I wanted to be able to take him on trails, but I'm like, this is not safe. You know, he's going to dart under horses or he's going to, you know, do something stupid or just be running back and forth and just the running of a dog will upset horses, you know, if they're Mm -hmm. running back and forth. And so uh, I, uh, I started with the retractable leash and just went on easier trails with one other horse. Mm -hmm. you know, so it was just me and one other horse and, and I did it on horses that, you know, knew what they were doing because I'm like, I need to work on the dog here. (laughs) Yeah, I don't need to be worrying about like a green horse over here. Um, and then once he got really good on the leash and he just learned to walk beside the horse, then I was able to put on a, one of those vibration shock collars so that that way I could let him roam a little bit, but then call him back to me, back to the Mm -hmm. side of the horse. Um, and that's one thing too, is some dogs, their trail etiquette is to be on the heels of a horse Mm -hmm. to be right behind the horse. And that makes me nervous because like my father-in-law's old dog whiskey, she ended up having two different injuries, one from a cow and one from a horse from being back behind him and getting kicked. And so one time she broke her skull right between her eyes. um, And then another time she broke her jaw and had to have it wired shut. You know, she had to have all that done. And, and um, so not every horse is going to be okay with a dog being at their heels and the, the well-trained horses that are used to that, like, that's great. And they will just let a dog move in out and around them. And, and they're great with that. Um, but you do run the risk of your dog getting kicked by another horse. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, (laughs) I actually had a few people ask me about bringing dogs to the retreats this year. And I just have to have it as a hard no, because, I don't know which horses are dog experienced, which humans are experienced with, you know, being on the trails with their horses and, and, and how well trained each person's dog is, you know, does your dog have good recall? And so I, I, I need to be able to control that factor of knowing that I'm not going to have some dog bark at a horse or, or. underneath them or get kicked and and have to be liable for for an accident due to Mm. a a dog's behavior so unfortunately i have to say no even though i'm like i love dogs dogs. and like like i'm a dog person i promise you but i i just have to be able to like i said control that factor and make sure that because like you said the trails are already difficult trails Mm -hmm. i mean they're not i wouldn't say they're like the hardest But they're definitely not like beginner beginner either Mm -hmm. they're kind of an intermediate beginner intermediate towards the end of trails and so yeah i'm like i'm already gonna have to deal with that factor of just a little bit of a more difficult trail for some of these beginners I don't need another compounding factor that could add stress to any human or horse in this uh, experience here. So we want it to be relaxing, not <laughs> okay. Which what's the dog doing? Where is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and. Because, I mean, like we
0: said, when horses get together, they get excited. But dogs get excited, too, when there's that mm-hmm. much energy going around. And gets a lot harder. Like, even if they are well-trained, it can be a little bit harder to keep control of them in that exciting of an environment. Um, yeah. But also, just realizing not everybody has good experiences with dogs. No. And so when you have a retreat scenario that is specific for, like, horses, like what you do, mm-hmm. you don't know if somebody's coming in who's been attacked by a dog. Yes. You know, and you've got to be aware of that like obviously if they're coming to a horse retreat they love horses they're going to be okay with horses that's what they're signing up for yeah but they did not sign up for dogs right yeah so yeah i i agree with that i think another thing that we can kind of talk about too well, not kind of talk about that we should talk about is injuries on the trail i have been in a lot Mm. of really nasty situations on on trail rides before um so one big thing if somebody gets dumped Or you have an accident on the trail everybody dismounts that needs to be a hard fast rule you get off your horse because if you don't get off your horse and you're riding around doing things you're going to make other horses anxious and in that kind of a situation you really need to have everyone available to handle the person who is hurt and you need to be able to like be able to grab multiple horses sometimes or or do something especially in a group setting Um, I was on, on a trail ride once where, where an older lady got dumped and ended up, I think she like broke her hip or something on the trail. And there was one person who had just really never been riding with a big group before. And he just was like, oh, well, you guys have it handled. So he went and like wandered around on his horse, which was making the, his uh, spouse's horse really upset Right. So then his spouse's horse is kind of freaking out, which is making the other horses a little anxious because he's out with his horse just wandering around. And so um kind of had to talk with him about like, hey, just so you know. When somebody gets hurt, you, you need to get off your horse. That's just part of etiquette that's just part of keeping everybody else safe and making sure everybody else is okay while we deal with the situation at hand because if you go out and ride then you've got a horse freaking out it's like well all of a sudden that person's energy is spent trying to keep that horse calm and in a safe place versus trying to help manage the situation that's going on too um i do you have anything to go with that camry
1: No I think that's great I'm glad you you pointed that out because I haven't ever been on a trail ride where there have been any major incidents like the worst was like I said when Hickory kind of kicked the chest of that other horse. I I love that's the worst. (laughs) I know and I'm like trails are fine it's fine and Michaela's like but this has happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah well a lot of it too is um some situations I've been in, it's like, well, that might have been a kind of a stupidity factor, but, but I really <laughs> have. Like, I've had lots of emergency room visits where I'm in the middle of the mountain at midnight having to, like, take multiple horses down this mountain who are all stressed out while somebody, some stranger drives drives a friend to the emergency room that we just happened to flag on the road. You know, like, I've had some pretty bigger, big situations there. So another one with that as well um, is always make sure somebody knows where you're going. And I'm somebody who rides alone quite a lot um, just because I I don't have anybody to ride with all the time. And with my goals, it, it just comes down to I've got to ride alone. But with that, I am very like, okay, this is the direction I'm going. And if I if there's any fork in the road, I will always turn right. I, I pick a direction and it doesn't matter if I want to wander anywhere else. I always like go the same direction that I tell the person at home that I am because you just never know. I could I could get bucked off and knocked out. My horse could show up home with, with, without me, you know, and if nobody knows where to look, there's a good chance you could die, you know, <laughs> or, or have some serious issues happen. So always, always, always make sure somebody knows where you're at. Um, the app that i use now i i haven't paid for this yet but i will be is called um equilab and it has a safety tracking feature in it for specifically for that reason where you have like your emergency contacts can follow you and see exactly where you're at and it'll send alerts like if you haven't moved for so long it'll send an alert to your emergency contact saying hey might need to check on her she hasn't moved from this from this spot and you can pause that too so like if you if you stop to take lunch you can pause it from from alerting your people so it's not like they're freaking out when you're only just you know having lunch but
1: I think we talked about that it was either last week or the week before probably (laughs) that would be funny
0: (laughs) like sorry to for making you freak out um (laughs) but that that's one so I will report back as I use the premium feature for that one, because as I'm conditioning more and, and actually riding out more, I'm, I'm going to start paying for that. So my husband can yeah. follow where I'm at. Cause he does, he's been in the middle of some of my really not fun situations. So he gets a little bit stressed when I ride out alone. Um, mm-hmm. but that's just something to think about as well. Um, there was another one that popped into my head, but Cameron, what do you think? Yeah.
1: So <laughs> he's probably going to hate that I share this. Um, some anonymous human that we know <laughs> um, so my father- in-law and my husband were out riding on a trail, and um, we have rattlesnakes around here. So a rattlesnake was on the trail and like was like right underneath my father- in-law's horse. So he's like, oh, you know, he like rides on and rides past it, but then he, <laughs> Larry, my husband, is behind him on the trail. So then he stops and turns around and looks at Larry. And Larry's horse is like standing right oh, next. This... <laughs> oh. It's like, hey, like keep going. My horse needs to get past the snake too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you
0: just stopped, like. <laughs>
1: See, it goes to show that even the
0: most, like, knowledgeable people sometimes don't think things through,
1: and yep. it's okay. <laughs> and then you're like, oops, that was stupid. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, that's, like, that's another aspect. Wild animals on the trail. It's going to happen. I've had that same exact situation where I stopped my horse and I was looking at the scenery. I looked down and there's a coiled up rattlesnake right in between her front legs, and honestly, I think it was the shock factor. I think we shocked the snake. I think that's the only reason she didn't get bit. Um, but she was also a horse that if she would have seen that rattlesnake, she would have dumped my butt. And so <laughs> it was, it was a very like lucky scenario that she didn't realize the snake was there. And I was like, oh, we gotta move really quick. <laughs> get away from this situation. But um Being able to prepare your horses for things like that for I've I've ridden out in some um, like fields or trails where uh, one time my horse picked up a barbed wire, like a piece of wire um, that got stuck in his tail and I hadn't seen it. And all of a sudden he takes off. And I couldn't figure out what he was scared of. I looked behind. Well, we had a trail of barbed wire attached to his tail following us. So not, not a good situation. I was able to get him calmed down, but then, you know, you've got to really prepare like, okay, what if your horse does get tangled up in something that you do not see? Um, so making sure like to prepare at home for situations. I know hobbling can be something that's pretty, uh, controversial, but I think it's a great learning tool. To teach your horse that, hey, when things are around your feet, maybe you shouldn't freak out.
1: Like maybe you and especially just out chill. out here in the West, we have so much range fencing for all the you know all the on range cows and and everything that there's pieces of wire that cows have pushed fences over and the it it blew away in the wind or it's it's got buried in dirt but then now it's uncovered and you just never know when you're gonna come across some wire or anything like that so being able to have your horse prepared with hobbles and that they know that when their feet get caught up that they don't panic I tell you what it is it is worth teaching your horse how to hobble train and doing it in a um, humane way like it's not like you're there's a certain way to go about hobbling you guys you don't just throw them on your horse and good luck like Mm -hmm. don't kill yourself because your horse can injure themselves if you don't do hobble yeah. training correctly, and if you want to know how to do it in a in a nice way, um, where you really help prepare your horse, give me a holler. Um, but yeah, it's I try and open people's minds a little bit about hobble training because there are so many people that think, oh, hobble training is the devil, and it's like you know if it saves my horse's life and saves my life when we're on a trail and we come across some wire, mm-hmm. I it is worth it to me to take the time to hobble train them and do it in in a way where they they can have the tools to handle hobbling and not panic because <laughs> yeah horses if they if they're not prepared well and you just hobble them they can get into a mm-hmm. big wreck really quickly mm-hmm. so. well
0: and I think that's why there is such controversy is a lot of people mm-hmm. have seen the big wrecks yeah and don't realize that there can be a a better way to go about it where your horse doesn't completely lose its mind um because yeah they can they can kill themselves in training very easily very easily so you do really have to don't go just throw something on your horse contact camry first please
1: (laughs) (laughs) please please have a professional help you because i don't want you to just go throw hobbles on your horse and Mm -hmm. and expect it to go well um there is a process to it so yeah yeah but definitely worth doing if you're gonna be out on trails where you feel like you might ever come across some barbed wire or or something that your horse could get caught in yeah
0: yeah I think the other thing too to think about is if you chance trail rides you chance you chance a lot of injury I I think just with anything you do with horses but especially trail rides because there's so many factors that you you can't prepare your horse for everything right like if this moose comes charging at me tomorrow, like pff, Sandy's not prepared for that, you know, but that's a risk I'm taking, is like I just really hope he doesn't show up on the trail that I'm using. Um, but that that's you know, that's a risk that I'm that I am taking and that I have to be aware of and and to also realize with wildlife educate yourself on how to handle yourself around the wildlife, especially the scarier ones like moose, like buffalo, like mountain lions, like coyotes, like wolves. Um, Those are all ones that I see on a regular basis around here. And it's something that I've got to be really prepared to handle with my horse. Um, And there's lots of different ways you can do that and lots of different ways that you can think about it. But the biggest one is just educate yourself and be very aware of your surroundings. Um, For me, I, I do see mountain lions and things like on a regular basis that is just, they they like literally cross, like we have to stop and let mountain lions cross the street. Like that's how much we see them here. <laughs> um, So it's something that I'm very used to, but at the same time, that doesn't mean my horse is going to be okay with it on a trail. And I've got to be very aware and watchful. Okay. Like, is there any signs that there might be one around? Because if there is, I am going to turn around and, and go back. I'm not going to push my luck. And get myself in a situation where I could get dumped with an angry mountain lion, you know, so just being aware of what is in your area, and if you know for sure you're in an area that has bears that has any of those kind of things, educate yourself on how to handle yourself around them. Um, But also like it's, I don't know, this is going to be kind of controversial, I think it is okay to carry things to protect yourself as well and making sure that your horses are prepared for that so for me like when I'm out riding by myself and I'm going deeper in the woods I will take a little gun with me just as a safety precaution but that's another thing prepare at home you you can't just go shoot a gun off your horse and expect nothing to happen so make sure you prepare your horse for for that noise and for that that potential possibility at home (laughs) before you even begin to take it with you on a trail
1: Um, yeah Speaking of guns, there are certain trails and certain times of year that when you go, you better be wearing orange. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that's another big one because a sorrel horse can sometimes look a lot like a deer, okay? <laughs> or buckskin. Buckskins. Yeah. Um, you know that white, ish You know that cream-colored yeah. butt can look like an elk butt. Um, and so to avoid hunting accidents and things like that like you said, prepare your horse for gunshots, but also make sure you can be seen as a human and not uh, something that they can shoot at. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, for sure. Especially in the rural areas. um, You don't have that much of an issue. Like, like say, if you're in Utah County on the lower trails, you're probably not going to have yeah. that much of an issue. But in the rural areas, yeah, 100%. And I would put your horse in orange, too. Um, yeah. And so, like, there's orange vests that you can get for very cheap, like, at a I, I love guys, I love Chick Saddlery. Um they have very nice quality things for very cheap. Um so almost everything I have has come from Chick Saddlery, but they they sell some good orange vests there. They also have well they have like an orange um kind of a quarter blanket, but I think that one's too thick. If if you know, in the summers, um, but they're, they also have things that you can put around like your horse's feet for, for night riding or in their tails and things as well. Night riding, that's another avenue. Tamra, have you ever even ridden at night?
1: Not on a trail, no. Okay.
0: I have, it, it drives my family crazy. <laughs> and it's something I'm I'm starting to move away from a little bit. Um, but one of my favorite things to do with, with some friends is moonlight riding. So we'd go out, you know, at nine o'clock and then we'd ride in the moonlight which is great. Um, but there's a couple of things if you're going to do that. One, you have to make sure somebody knows where you are and when to expect you at home because night riding, like trail riding in itself is dangerous. Night riding just adds like 10 times more danger (laughs) to it. So probably like, I'm not necessarily promoting it. Okay guys, you cannot say I told you to do it. I'm not telling you to do it. It's just, if it's something you're going to do, here's things to be aware of. (laughs) Um, but one thing, I would I would never night ride unless you've got like really good moonlight. Um, but also like if you have a a headlight or things, I actually find that that blinds you and your horse a little bit more. And it's actually better to just get your eyes used to the dark, used to just using the moonlight, so your horses can see a little bit better, you can see a little bit better. Um, and trust your horse, man. There's been a few times like my horse reacts to something I can't see it. I'm like pfft, all right, we're turning around. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not going to push them through anything that they might be reacting to, especially in the dark.
1: Um, Yeah, well, and if you know anything about horse vision, they see way better in the dark than we do. Um, So yeah, trust your horse because they not only can see better, but they have more of their, um, their other senses that they rely on a lot more of. Even just being able to sense another animal's energy that they can't see, but they can sense it you know things like that. So trust trust your horse. That's that's a huge thing.
0: Um well yeah, and if you're riding at night never ride a trail that you don't know. That yeah. would be a, a no-brainer if you don't know the trail don't go on it. Just just don't do it because um like the trails that I've ridden at night it's it's been trails that we go like 50 times in a week you know like my horses know it well I know it well I know what to expect on it I know where there's more dense trees I know where there might be a log across the road and so does my horse because we've ridden it so often I would never take my horse on a trail that I that we hadn't been on before in in the dark um but also interesting because I was always taught that horses actually can't really see all that well in at night um where their vision was was more close to ours so we're gonna
1: have to we're gonna have to look at that Um, Well, now I'm like, did I get false information?
0: Right. I'm really curious now. So we'll have to look. Guys, we'll report back. We're telling you guys lies. (laughs) We'll report (laughs) back. (laughs) We'll let you know what we find. We'll do more research on that. Because like I said, I'd always taught that they they saw about the same as me, um, which is why I tend to want to get them used to the dark and not use the flashlights and things um, because they can... Do that better but i also trust their other
1: scents like they definitely smell in here better <laughs> um so yes we will do research on well i screen. just googled it and the first thing okay. that popped up is it says horses have excellent night vision well there we go now we'll have <laughs> so to see google what says yes means.
0: <laughs> but does excellent mean better than
1: ours i, I know. know that's i'm like okay
0: but i, I mean that's
1: know. google and google isn't always. Yes.
0: <laughs> well we'll we'll look it up we'll get we'll get solid information on this because now I, I now i'm really curious. Um. But gosh, what what else was I thinking? Oh, there are things too. Like if you're riding on the roads, like I I rode on the roads a few times too. It, at dark, it's good to have reflective things. Um, and like I said, chick Saddlery sells stuff that you can like wrap around their legs that's reflective. They sell a reflective vest for you. You can put tape on the back of your helmets. Helmets. That's another direction. Sorry, camera. We can do this forever. Because seriously, trail safety and stuff. That's like. <laughs> It's because, guys, I've been in so many accidents and so so many stupid things. That's why. (laughs) But I used to be someone who was like, oh, helmets are just stupid. Like, only sissies ride with helmets. And now I'm like, no, stupid people ride without helmets. (laughs) You're not stupid if you ride without a helmet. But (laughs) I just think the amount of risk you are taking without one, it's just not worth it. It really isn't. Um, I've been with people who've been knocked out because they like not even their horse bucked off, just their their cinch wasn't tight enough and it flipped them over when their horse was running and they'd been knocked out on the trail and no one knew where they were. And, you know, it's like, well, one thing that would have saved them for that is is a helmet. They wouldn't have been knocked out. They wouldn't have lost consciousness at least, you know? But luckily this person, um, the horse ended up at home and, and somebody knew like that she'd been out at some trail so they were able to find her and she was okay um really really good concussion but again she could have not lost consciousness at all if she would have had a helmet on um and then helmets are also the best things if you're going through dense trees man just being able to duck your head and let your helmet take that sure beats getting your head scratched up um from lots and lots of experience guys <laughs> like they, they serve more of a practical purpose you know too, not just a safety purpose but making sure your helmet fits um I just bought another helmet, like what, what was it, Camry, like six months ago, and Camry got my text of, oh my gosh, this is what a helmet's supposed to feel like. Make sure you measure your head very well, um, and then make sure to get the ones that are adjustable too at the back, so you can adjust them a little bit, but your helmet should fit like a glove. If it doesn't fit like a glove, it's not going to be that great for you. It's going to be uncomfortable to ride in. And when push comes to shove, it's not going to protect your head like it should. So just making sure you've got something that fits you like a
1: glove. Yeah, well, and there are like different brands have different um, shapes. So some of them are more round and some are more oval. So my head shape is very narrow side to side, but it's really long front to back. So I have a hard time with hats and helmets because if it fits me front to back, I have gaps in the sides, So it like rotates back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found that the Troxel ones, the the nicer Troxel ones, not the like just their cheapest schooling helmets. But I, wa- I want to say mine was called the Intrepid. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, and that one tends to fit me better um, because I can get the ones that, that fit me on the sides, but because they have so much adjustability front to back, I'm able to make sure I can get it to fit both ways. Um, and then they do also have like the, the things in the side that will, help fill in a little bit of gap there but yeah different brands do have slightly different like i said a little bit more round and wide and a little bit more oval and narrow so if you do have a unique head shape like mine is a little bit not as round as most people's um then yeah just look that up and and they do have i mean troxel is one of the cheaper ish brands they have some that are like you know 500 to a thousand dollar helmets that probably fit even way nicer than mine does but mine does fit me pretty well and I do like it and I will even forget I'm wearing it to be completely honest I'll be wearing it and then it's like why are you still wearing your helmet I'm like oh (laughs) because it's so comfortable I didn't even know I had it on (laughs) so yeah if it is so uncomfortable that it's it's hurting you or it's like you said if it's not fitting you well like a glove you need to try a different helmet so
0: yeah 100% and did you ever read that study that I sent you about what Virginia tech did with the different helmets? No oh, girl, you got to read that. Okay. So I'll link to that as well, but Virginia tech came out with, with the study um, where they took all of the different brands of helmets and like kind of the different versions in each brand. And they did like, how, how good are they actually at, um at holding up? So really what you guys need to realize is the cheaper the helmet, the less it's going to save you, the less it's going to actually provide you. And Troxel, I think, I'm trying to look it up right now so I don't save you, but Troxel is actually at the very bottom of the safety list, like where it really didn't stand up to anything, um, which is why it's also very cheap. <laughs> so definitely yeah. take a look at that. But again, it was, I'm pretty sure it was Troxel, but if not, I will let you know here. Just to Yeah, well, and I think mine was around,
1: mine was around like $100, mm-hmm. I think, somewhere around there. Um, So it wasn't like, I think their schooling helmets are like 30 bucks.
0: Yeah. Their schooling helmets. Um, I just wouldn't even bother, honestly. Um, cause it's just, it's, they're big and bulky. They will not like, they are not made to really fit you very nice. Um, and I think that's not just Troxel though. I think that's most brands of, of things. So the one that I have is Ovation and that one fits me great. My head is very, very wide. I have a very big head, um, so Troxel for me it's like I could never find one that was wide enough so if I went up if I went up a size it was always too big went down a size and it's like I couldn't fit it on my head um but Ovation the one that I've gotten from that and I can't remember which brand it is I'll have to look it up but that one um has fit me very very nicely I really um I've loved it. And I actually run in it because when I take my horses out, I'll get off and run once in a while. Um, so I, I ran like a mile and a half with it on didn't bug me at all. Um, and to me, that's a big deal because the other helmets I've had, there's no way that I would have been able to run with it without it really bugging the crap out of me. Um, and like Cameron said, it's, if you feel like you have a helmet on and it's something that's really bugging you probably just doesn't fit right. So be, be willing to go find one. And Chick Saddlery, that's, again, where I get everything. That's where I got my helmet. And they've got um, a bunch of different brands of helmets there. You can also go to most of your local feed stores probably will have them, but they'll be the cheaper kind most of the time there. Um and then there's, there's a lot of other horse sites too, where you can find different helmets and things. Um, but yeah, I'm, you're going to have to read that now,
1: Camry. <laughs> I know. Resend that to me. <laughs> I will. I will. And See, we'll... you send me things in the middle of the day when I'm working. And then by the time I, it's like, you know, our text chain and then uh-huh. it gets like way up there and I'm like, wait, what? I forgot about that. Like, oh yeah, you sent that to me. Yeah. I'll send I'll resend oh. it to you and we'll link to it here too. But lots yeah. and lots and lots of things to think about. So one last quick thing that I did pull up here before we leave, because I didn't want to leave our our audience hanging here with the night vision. Oh, uh-huh. So this is from Iowa State University. So reputable source, guys, not just like a random article on Google. OK. <laughs> um, and it says cones are required for bright light daylight vision and rods are required for dim light vision the horse's ratio of rods to cones is approximately 20 to 1 compared to people who have a ratio of 9 to 1 so thus equine retinas are designed to detect motion even in low lighting conditions so So with that so
0: so cones are dark and Mm -hmm. rods are dim Mm -hmm. so they can see really really well in the dark not as well in the dim light
1: so, in comparison to yeah. their dark vision, it's just what I'm hearing. Yeah. Here. So, the cones is for bright, the rods are for dim. Okay. So, so, they have 20 rods to one cone, and we only have nine rods to one cone ratio. So, their dim light vision is really good.
0: Okay. So, it's the opposite. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. Yep. Opposite of what I'm saying. So, right. well, good. Yeah.
0: Hey, yeah, Ben, I so wasn't they... as stupid as I, you know, was thinking I was. My horses could see a little bit better than I thought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Oh, I guess too with trees. Um. Okay. So the worst thing in the world is when you're riding behind somebody who grabs a branch and lets it go and it comes and smacks you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're passing trees and there's people behind you, First, yell out and say, hey, guys, there's a big branch. Second, <laughs> don't grab it and push it away from you. Either try to move it above you or if you have to, like, if there's no way that you can move it above you, tell the person behind you to wait while you move it. So they don't like I've been I've been smacked in the face a few times and it sucks. And I had a friend <laughs> actually get smacked right across the eye as well. Mm. Um so it's a good way to to accidentally cause blindness in somebody to do that. So really make sure call out and always push the branches up. Don't don't push them forward in front of you. Or um, another thing too is if you're wearing a helmet, just duck your head and let your helmet take it, because <laughs> then it's not going to to like flip back. The worst the worst thing is like when my husband, bless his heart, uh, when he first started riding trails with me, he's trying to be chivalrous, right? So he's trying to hold the branch for me, but like forgets how long horses are. (laughs) And so those are some of the worst whips I've gotten is, is somebody trying to be nice and trying to hold the branch for you. Don't just put your arm up and let the branch just brush by you. Don't try to hold it at all Um, because then you won't end up hurting somebody. Um, Trying to think if there was anything else. Also, if there's a big branch across like, and it's, it's like a significant branch that you can't just move please don't do stupid things and like stand up on your horse and try to like walk over it while your horse is riding. (laughs) Get off your horse (laughs) and just go underneath it, please. (laughs) I I don't know if you've seen videos. I saw a video of a gal doing that the other day and I'm like, and of course, what happens? Can you guess? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I can guess. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Ends just up on her butt. My head. <laughs> horses
0: like going forward without her. Just, just be smart. Just get off your horse or if, or if the branch is too far down. Um, I also carry like part of what I carry when I go on trail rides and we'll do another episode we should about like what we pack for trail rides and stuff. But part of what I have in my, in my, um, packs is, is a handheld saw. Um, For for situations like that when trees have fallen over, so we can go down and one it helps clean up the trail. Um, but then it also too if anything happens, it's always good to have something that can cut through wood. Um, you never know like if a horse gets stuck in something or or what have you, it's always good to have something like that on hand. And then always 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 carry blankets and first aid kits. There's I have never yet been in an accident where I didn't wish I had a blanket with me. So that is one of the biggest things that I always make sure whenever my husband and I go out, we always have a blanket and first aid kit and pain medication and all sorts of things in there, which we can kind of go over in another episode, but just some things to, to make sure you've got on hand.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even if there's huge logs that like would require uh, a chainsaw or something that you're obviously not going to be packing with you, a lot of times you can call like the DWR or the Forest Service, um, because they do maintain, depending on where you are, there's usually some government organization that takes care of trails and maintains trails. So as long as you just let them know and say, "Hey, you know, this trail's got this tree that that fell in the middle of it and it's no longer passable, they will come with chainsaws and uh, take care of the trail for you. So
0: yeah, yeah, especially if it's if it's a registered trail, yeah, one hundred percent. If it's not like where I ride, because <laughs> I ride cow trails, like just clean it up. <laughs>
1: yeah, just do it yourself. Go find your chainsaw. Come back with your four wheeler and. Yeah. <laughs> well, we
0: have done that. I mean, if it's if it's one you use all the time and, and one like if you have permission to use the land for one, most BLM places you can use whatever. Um, but like if it's private property, just make sure you've got permission to go out there. Obviously, but yeah. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot. I think we should know. probably d- be yep. done. There's lots of things <laughs> that keep coming up in my brain of like, oh yeah, let's talk about this, but we can <laughs> always do another episode.
1: <laughs> awesome. It was good. It was a fun topic.
0: Yes. Well, Camry, have a good rest of your week. And we will talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Horsewoman Project. If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.